Real empathy is sometimes not insisting that it will be okay, but acknowledging that it is not. Cheryl Sandberg. Welcome to Long Haul Hope, a podcast for long haulers, their loved ones, and those who care about them. My name is Joe Grabowski. I'm a husband, a father, a pastor, and a tech geek. I've had lifelong struggles with depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and I've also most recently been diagnosed with long-haul COVID after suffering from shortness of breath, severe fatigue, and brain fog for over two years now. Long-Haul Hope is not a medical podcast, but a voice of validation, empathy, support, and solidarity. Most of all, it's my desire that this podcast will be a voice of hope in the midst of the darkness of a diagnosis we do not yet fully understand. Each week, I'll share personal updates, positive news developments, advocacy, helpful resources, which I hope will be of value to you in your journey with long COVID. If you felt misunderstood, unheard, devalued, or even been made to feel as though you're a hypochondriac, you've come to the right place. You are not alone. Together we are stronger. There is hope. Welcome to episode six of Long Haul Hope. Today is Monday, August 22nd, 2022. And again, this is episode six, but this is my first episode I'm recording without any notes and really without any outline or even the theme of what I, what I'm doing. Um, I have a whole notebook full of ideas and thoughts and things that I'm working on for future episodes, but really I've been, um, thinking a lot and the last month, it's been about a month since my last episode, has been so full of ups and downs. Um, it dials back to a few episodes ago where I talked about kind of the internal gaslighting our bodies are doing, where we're telling us, you're not sick, you're fine. And then next minute, you're really sick. Um, you feel like you're dying. Maybe not to that extent. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> But the reality is, over the last month, since my last episode, that's my heart rate watch going off, by the way, telling me my heart rate sitting here is 110. Uh, Side note. Uh, Anyway, I've had some of my best days since developing long COVID. And I feel like I've had some of my worst days. And I sometimes get the question from people, well, you seem like you're doing better or are you feeling better? And I, I don't know how to answer that. I feel like my answer should be yes, no, maybe so. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go back to bed. And so even though this is a podcast of hope, I would re- be remiss and a bit disingenuous if I didn't from time to time say the stinks. The best best way I could put it is that is that having long COVID stinks. And I have what I would say is a mind, mild version of it, um, because I am able currently to continue working um, full time. I know that many people just have not been able to. Um, I have fortunate enough to be able to work at my own pace for the most part, um, be mindful of my energy levels, mindful of how I'm feeling at any given moment and accommodate. And when I am intentional about those things consistently, then I, then I do pretty well. Um, again, I may have talked in a previous episode about some tips I've learned about time blocking and 
and calling it quits on the big projects, whether it's heavy lifting physically or mentally, emotionally, after a fixed amount of time, even if you feel like you can go further because it's a trap. By the time you feel like you've ran out of gas, you really run out of gas. So I've, so for the most part, I've been able to do that, but the last few weeks uh, with work have been unusually busy, um, which is, 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 isn't been stressful in that, um, I haven't had the same kind of workload I've had in the past. Um, but it has required more focused and intentional work for more prolonged periods of time. And, and those are some, some of the good days is that I, I've, I've had two or three weeks for the most part where I feel like I busted through the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, by the time I get to Thursday, I start kind of winding down. Friday, I start to crash. But but really going in and putting a full day of work and, and knocking things off of my task list. Um, and in the meantime, when I get home, trying to get the rest, try to listen to my body, try to do the self-care. But then I paid for it by weekends, after one after another, where at least half a day on Friday, all day Saturday, I'm on the couch I'm able to feel like able to do very little. Even if I get up and do it, I feel like I'm sludging through mud. Sunday, we have church, and that's only been by the grace of God and the loving support of my wife that I've been able to do that. Um, and that doesn't often require a lot from me, but it is a day of getting up and moving and doing things and speaking and talking with people. And again, the good kind of busy. Um, so come Sunday night, I'm sometimes I'm ready to go to bed very early on and then wake up with more on Monday and it starts all over again. The last week or so have been particularly rough because that pattern finally broke. Um, last week, I think Monday, Tuesday, again, I had some pretty good days of getting things done. Wednesday felt kind of rough, but I hadn't been sleeping well. Um, I noticed an increase in my shortness of breath and a return of some fatigue beyond some of the mild, more bearable, livable fatigue um, and um, episodes of tachycardia and just knowing that I probably was pushing myself too much. But the new, but here's the thing, because I have these symptoms and I spent much of last year before my official diagnosis, thinking I had it, but going through in all the other criteria where I had to um, go through stress tests and echocardiograms and x-rays and CT scans and CPETs and whatever else, pulmonary function tests to finally rule out any other possible thing. I spend much of that time being anxious, um, really trying not to fear that something was very wrong with my heart and or my lungs respiratory system. And so in some ways getting the long COVID diagnosis, having all those other things come back normal, you know, the drill was a relief because even though we don't know what that's going to mean long-term, I had probably more people looking at my heart and my lungs and my system over the last year than I've had for the rest of my life. Um, so I, Felt like I could I could just relax a little bit about it. So, and that's that's been until recently. So, what happens if I have a stretch where I have a few days in a row of 
pretty significant tachycardia episodes. I mean, not dangerously high, but much higher than my average. Well, I know those are the days to take it easy and and lie down and don't really do a lot. Um, I know what to do outside of the pacing things to kind of recover. Um, I've adopted some some uh, resources and strategies from the MECFS world, and those have been very helpful. But again, I have to be very um, careful about how I navigate through life these days. Walk very circumspectly. Well. So if I have a flare of symptoms, I don't freak out about it anymore. I, I realize what's going on and kind of keep track of it, but I just re- get rest. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, with again, with these flare-ups of these other things, um, I started experiencing periodically, uh, was sometimes when I was up and moving around, kind of a, a, a whooshing sensation in my mind. Not a pulsing, but a whooshing, um, something like, and you feel the blood rushing in your brain, except it was prolonged. And when that would happen, they'd feel a little uh, lightheaded or woozy. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't too, too concerned about it, but it was a new symptom. Um, so in the meantime, seeing my doctor, she's a little concerned about my high blood pressure and she wanted to follow up with the tech cardia, ordered a halter monitor, which I wore and returned too late. And so I can probably have to wear it again. Um, so the other day, so we bought a home, um, blood pressure, wrist cuff reader thing. It's just to see what's going on when I feel like that. So the other day, uh, last Thursday, I just was wiped for the day. So I, I just worked maybe half a day from home, but I napped a lot. Um, later in the afternoon when I got up to the bathroom, so I just felt so woozy again. Um, and my, that whooshing feeling in my head, my wife was gone for the afternoon. So it just, I thought, you know, this is, I'm, I remembered, I got the blood pressure cuff. I'm going to check it out. Um, and I'm going to see what's going on. And I was thinking it might be something where I have a blood pressure drop upon standing, but up until now, the highest that my blood pressure has been that I've known of is like 148 over maybe 101 on the high end, but usually the low end is decent. Um, but I, I took it, I was feeling like that and it said 185 over I think 96, 97, which was a little shocking cause I'd never seen that number before, but I went in back in the living room, laid down on the couch and gave it a couple minutes, checked it again. And by then it was down into the one fifties and, um, the low number was, I think in the low nineties, upper eighties. And then I waited a few more minutes again, and I was laying down this time and again, and I took it again. And that time it was like more like 124 over 67, much more agreeable number. Um, and that was the round time my wife got home. So she came in and was, went in the kitchen. And I sat down and I was just talking to her. She told her about the blood pressure thing. She took hers and it was normal. So I took mine again and it was already up to uh, 150 over 105. So sparing any more details, I made a decision to go to our local hospital, which is just up the road. It's a small little hospital, but I, I would not be my first choice because you never know if you're going to spend hours in the hospital only for them to make you feel like you wasted your time. But I'm also here. This is where I struggle because I'm middle-aged. I'm overweight. Um, I've already got some risk factors that significantly increased my risk of 
uh, heart disease, uh, stroke, uh, cardiac events, whatever. So with long COVID, I don't know. Anytime I experience another round of these symptoms, a little bit in the back of my mind is like, how will I know? You know, how will I know if this time around it still is long COVID or if it is something more serious or if long COVID, is, you know, I don't want to be paranoid. I don't want to be a hypochondriac. I don't want to be rushing to the doctor or being afraid to move or do anything because of that. But it was enough because of these things with my doctor and because of my blood pressure issues and the tachycardia. And especially because the new symptom of the whooshing sensation and feeling lightheaded, that was something new to me. I decided to go to, to the emergency department. Fortunately, they were not busy at all. They were pretty good about getting me in and getting me checked. Ran some lab work, did a head CT scan, chest X-ray. Um, I think, you know, checked a few other things. I'm not sure, but at the end of a two and a half hour stay there, you know, my blood pressure was fine. My heart rate was fine. Um, and they very nice and just said, you know, that you be mindful of your your blood pressure is will go up and down throughout the day, so it's, you probably caught it at a bad time. Um, and just advised me to follow up my doctor about blood pressure stuff. So, but I was I was just, by then I was just wiped. Friday, Saturday, I spent much of the day just totally crashed. Um, even Sunday was a little difficult. Even today, Monday, I just I feel still feel this fatigue and kind of this weariness, maybe. Maybe it's coming through in my podcast or not, but um, but meanwhile, then I follow. I got a notification from uh, the other bigger hospital in the area, where a lot of times the smaller hospital sends their labs to be read, and it said I had a couple of reports ready. So I went and looked, and it was the CT scan and the X-ray, and the CT scan, you know, said no unusual findings. Um, the chest X-ray, though, it looks like it's it's it, um, addressing a um, identifying a mildly enlarged heart and some uh, I can't remember what the words are insufficiency of one of the lower chambers to pump adequately, which again accounts for the enlarged heart. I believe um, I don't know if that means anything or if it's anything at all. I don't want to. Again, fall into a state I was last year where I was in fear about it, but I did write to my doctor and I wrote to um, the doctor at the long COVID clinic I had connected with a few months ago just to give an update. So today I had to go into my doctor's and just do a basic laying down, sitting, standing, um, blood pressure test to see what's happening. And of course, that was normal. That was really good numbers. <laughs> So, which is, this is how it works. I, I tell people, I said, you know that, you know, when that <laughs> you've got your car and it's making strange sounds or it's kind of bucking or it's doing something that's really making you feel concerned. And so then you take it to the mechanic and you're trying to describe what's happening and the mechanic starts up and the car runs fine. That's, that's what this feels like. And that's why I call it medical gaslighting because there's times where my body tells me I'm fine. Uh, and then there's times I go through this and then by the time I get checked out, I'm fine again, I guess. So anyway, I'm not sure what's ahead, but between how I've been feeling the last week or so, 
in in just a number of different things on different fronts. Um, being totally honest, it has been a little bit more challenging um, to keep holding on to hope. But I feel like what else? Again, what other choice do I have? Um, I've got a lot of good things in my life. I I'm not feeling like this all the time. But then what ends up happening is in my mind, I just feel just like this sense of heaviness thinking about all of you, all of you long haulers and the, uh, the people who have MECFS or other post-viral in, um, conditions who deal with this stuff all the time, who can't work or who can't even socialize. And some I've read about who, you know, really struggle about getting out of bed and even taking a shower or going having a cup of coffee with a family member who's visiting takes all the literal spoons in your drawer. I think that's probably one of the most depressing feelings at all because I'm in and out of this place. I'm thankful that I don't have to live in that state. But at the same time, I'm highly cognizant of those that do have to live there. And I feel so powerless. I feel like I... What do I even have to say? I have this mild, I know we're not supposed to compare, but I have it mild. And I'm, again, I said, one of the fortunate ones because I can still work. I can still engage myself in life. I just have to be careful. But my heart hurts for all of you who just can't do it or whose life has been interrupted. I'm middle-aged. I was pretty sedentary. So it didn't impact my life nearly as much as those of you who did have a very full active life with many opportunities ahead of you that have been essentially feel derailed. I can't even begin to fathom that or wrap my head around that. And I, and I, the best I can offer is, is to continue to, to say, we're going to choose hope. We're going to choose hope. I'm going to choose hope. I want you to choose hope. And if in some way at all through, through sharing uh, this podcast or quotes or, just a kind word posting on your Twitter, po um, your tweet or your Facebook post brings a little bit of light or encouragement into your life. I want to do that. I'm aware of the immensity of what I cannot do. But it brings me to the story of the starfish, the starfish story, um, which you may or may not have heard. But again, this is off the top of my head. Essentially, the starfish, starfish story is that there's this man walking along the beach one day in this particularly hot day, tide was out, and the beach was just covered with starfish stranded in the sun, slowly dying. And he just, it's this immensity of these starfish, and he's just taking it all in. And, and again, the kind of thing you can't wrap your head around. And then he sees this little girl who's walking along the beach, and she picks up a starfish, whispers to it and throws it in. Then she picks up another starfish and whispers to it and throws it in. And he watches her for a while. And finally he goes to her and he says, what are you, what are you doing? She says, well, these starfish are out here. You know, look at them. All these starfish are out here. They're dying. They, they need to get back into the water. They need rescuing. And he says, well, yeah, but look at how many there are. There's hundreds here, if not more. You know, you can't save them all. You can't save most of them. 
So what does it matter? You know, what? Uh, with all due respect, what does it matter? And the little girl looks at him and picks up one of the starfish and whispers something to it and throws it in the water. And then she turns back to him and says, it mattered to that one. And that one always hit me hard because sometimes we want to help. We A lot of times we want to help. We want to make a difference. But when we look at the immensity of the need, we feel like the little bit that we have isn't nearly sufficient to even put a Band-Aid on. But we need to hold on to that perspective that as much as it is within our sphere of influence, we're like that little girl and maybe we're not going to be able to save the majority. Maybe we're not even going to save even a, a fifth of those starfish. Maybe even a handful. But for every single one that we reach down and we speak kindly to, and throw it back into its, the place where it's going to find healing and hope. Then we've made this world a better place. And that's my goal intention with this podcast. And I want to tell you again, that's, that's the role that all of you have. When you've met the, when you've come to these communities, whether it's in um, social media or support groups, or wherever it is that you're finding others that are dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. No matter how bad you think maybe they have it or you have it or the, or you can't really aren't able to do. We all have it within our power and capacity to use what we have. The empathy, the compassion, the love, the understanding to be like that little girl and to reach out to those that are slowly dying in the sun and speak words of life to them so they have a chance of living longer. And in some respects, all of us are like those starfish and somebody, and we all wait for somebody to come along one day and just give us another day of hope, a minute of hope, a breath of hope to keep us going on. So I feel like apologizing that this it, it, this particular um, episode is feels like a little bit of a downer, but and being very real and candid, this is who I am. There's times where I just I feel this deep, passionate hope that I want to share with the world, and there's times where I, I feel so stuck and I feel the shame of like I've what do I have to contribute? And then I have to remind myself of the starfish story. And so, my dear friends. You may feel alone, but again, I'll say it again as many times as I need to say, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Together, we are stronger. There is hope. Hang in there. Because even in the darkest of night, eventually the dawn's going to shine. The sun's going to rise. So if you're stuck on that beach, you stay there and you trust that in due time, to someone that you need to lend that caring, compassionate, loving hand to speak those words of encouragement of life will be along. And in this way, we will all be working together to walk us forward together towards a brighter future and steps of hope. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope to talk with you again really soon.
Remember, take one breath at a time and keep choosing hope. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share, or leave a rating and a review. And I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at joe at longhaulhope.com and follow Long Haul Hope on Facebook and on Twitter. And as always, get plenty of rest, be compassionate with yourself, and keep choosing hope. I'll chat with you again soon.